0: You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front-row seat to all the action. Making a lineup for DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Just draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap, and then sit back and watch your points pile up. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit, only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for more details.
1: This is the
0: Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 28, as the New York Rangers today, this afternoon, face off against the Boston Bruins after getting slaughtered for nothing, and uh, I'm here at a uh, a house up in Saratoga that belongs to my friend Frank, who is a listener of the podcast, as I am celebrating a... uh, the covid bachelor party with a few of my friends and you know we're just up here having a good time getting ready to watch the 1 p.m game and you know just having a blast uh andy you'd you'd be uh, very jealous as they got me a, a little gift here and it's the k andre the giant shirt and, oh yeah yeah oh, nice and uh obviously huge miller fan uh you know he's just going to be the backbone of this hockey team in the coming years and then they got me also a a yeti new york rangers uh like coffee mug so i'm i'm all re- geared out for the for the games this afternoon but you know obviously i have to start every podcast asking you how are you doing
2: uh i'm doing all right M- my work has started to ramp up here a bit like i know you've been Yours has been brutal pretty so much recently, so I'm starting to get there. Um, but, you know, other than that, no complaints. The Rangers, as we spoke about in our last podcast, are kind of... They're pretty much on the outside looking in. Uh, hopefully, that we're recording this on a Saturday right before they face off against the Bruins at 1 p.m. Um, we hope Panarin comes back today. You'll know by the time this podcast drops. But, yeah, I just think, uh, obviously the mindset of rangers fans i'd imagine i hope the front office it's just kind of geared towards looking past this season uh just because i think now i was listening to uh, the 31 thoughts podcast the other day and alien friedman made a interesting i don't know if it was just based on things he had heard but he just basically said that the rangers are most likely going to pursue a top line center whether that be Jack Eichel or, uh, you know, Alexander Barkov, if he doesn't want to stay in Florida or someone else. But the the fact that Zibanejad has not had a good season has really thrown a, a bit of a monkey wrench into their plans and has given them some pause because, yeah, I think, you know, whether it's a team that would be interested in a swap for a first-line center, that obviously hurts that case. Um, if it's a question of, well, you know, we want Zabanajad to be the one two punch, but it's like are you is he gonna the money you have to pay Zabanajad? Are you paying for diminishing returns year after year if it's like he's just we saw have already seen the best of what he has to offer, and it's just downhill from here you know maybe he just enjoyed a really high shooting percentage last year, and he just won't be able to get close into a seventy point player again and yeah i mean it's it's just funny because it's like now all of a sudden. You know, we were, we. I think we alluded to it at the end of our last podcast, but you're kind of looking at this team with a fine tooth comb. And it's like, is this player essential? Like, you know, I think the hardest thing to gauge is like, is this an essential player? Or is this just a player who's nice to have? You know what I mean? So, and that's kind of what it comes down to.
1: Well, it's weird because, you know, looking at the New York Rangers and their roster, um, you know, at the beginning of the season, you saw this team as a team that was going to be able to compete possibly for a playoff spot. And, you know, right now they're sitting two games below 500 and, you know, you look at, you know, the road that they have in front of them and, you know, a majority of their games are going to be facing teams that, um I guess are built to win sort of now like Philadelphia can make a run. Boston, obviously contender Pittsburgh, although they, you know, they might've had taken a step back their leadership on their team and, and their big players t- seem to step up when needed and are, uh, you know, making a case for themselves to be a contender. And, you know, Washington, obviously, you know, winning the cup a few years ago. And then the Islanders who just play that defensive game and, and just, you know, chokehold everyone that they play and they just don't give up anything. And, you know they're starting to you know pull away in the in the standings and, and accumulating points every single night. So again, it's like you look at the Rangers and you thought they were able to compete, and then you know there's a Banajad, uh, you know Lafreniere, you know m- maybe not being as you know uh, potent offensively that we all thought he was going to be before the season started. There, there's so many X factors um, that the Rangers had to deal with this season, and you know you you kind of see that they're they're not there yet they're not at that level to compete and, and now now the decisions have to make because some of the guys that you thought were the foundation could possibly be the problem so I mean the Rangers have their work cut out for them the organization is going to be very busy I think starting now until throughout the entire summer and leading up to the when is the draft do they know Um,
2: so they, you know, there was all that talk that they were going to move it, but then apparently it's come down that it's not, it's going to be its normal time. So I assume sometime in July, uh, it will still be. But, um, yeah, I don't know if they have an actual date locked in for that yet, but I think it's, like I said, I think, uh, it's 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 eventually coming.
1: And, and, and and teams are going to have to do their due due, due diligence. Man, I can't say that word. Um, (laughs) you know, it's also not helping too. I left my microphone in the car and it's like, it might as well be like I'm holding an, an icicle right now. So I'm waiting for that to warm up, but you know, they're going to have to do their DD and try to, you know, find hopefully, you know, a player that can, you know, kind of fit their system now, because I don't know, Andy, like are the New York Rangers, a team that are going to be drafting to for the future? Or are they kind of, you know, drafting to fill hole, holes now? We're going to say voids, but
2: <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Cause you look at the age of some of the players like Panarin and not that Buchnevich is an older guy, but yeah, you just kind of don't know. Cause like you said, you have your Criders, your Panarins, your Jads, your Buchnevich who are all a little bit older, your Truba, uh, and Strom, I guess. And then you have the, you know, the young core under it. So it's like, it's like, what are you adding to, are you hoping to do, are you hoping to have a situation like the Anaheim Ducks had when they won the cup where it's like, Perry and Getzlaff were like the two talented rookies on a team full of like vets and established guys, you know, or are they just saying we're going to, we're going to, you know, I, just we're going to build for that core. That's eventually Kako and Lafreniere and Fox and these guys. And it's tough because like you said, Panarin is a player that you don't, doesn't come around all that often. So you kind of, hopefully, I think the Rangers were hopeful that they could have a, a the opening of their window would be maybe, you know, in the, in the peak or twilight of those guys career but yeah it's just like you said it's it's kind of hard to gauge and i'm listen this league is fickle you can you can have a year with just bad goaltending and injuries and covid and all this stuff and they you're like oh this team stinks and then next year who knows they could like everyone takes yet another step the young guys especially and you're like oh this team is good you know it's so and that's it's tough and i think it's as much as this has kind of held this season has made me pump the you know pause the brakes on the hype train a little bit you know, I'm still promi- You know, I still think they have a promising future. Uh, and the only thing that can really get in the way of it is their own mismanagement and bad decisions and you know, uh, bad choices. a v. Maybe I don't know. Sticking with a, a coach too long, or or just betting on the trading the wrong players. Because you know, I saw that like Neil Pionk is was. <laughs> I think he's like top five in defenseman scoring or something like. Kind of like uh, D'Angelo was last year, and uh, I mean. Yeah, know, but in, in fairness, it, you know, it changes scenery. They clearly helped him because I know he's kind of struggled a little bit when he got to, uh, Winnipeg, but he definitely has always had some skill and it looks like some good coaching. They've really coached some of the, you know, or really taught him to negate the fact that he's an undersized defenseman. And now he's really good. He's really good. And not just on the power play, he's become a good five on five defenseman. And, you know, so what could have been, but, uh yeah i mean it's just tough because obviously it's easy to say all this in hindsight but you know when the data is looking at you it's and he's a guy who kind of struggled and you know they thought you know they could get uh i forget if he was it, in he was he included in the within the Hayes deal or sent uh, him yeah. for first yeah. okay yep. yeah yeah get a first round pick so um but yeah listen and but now you know i forget which who what that became necessarily I assume that was one of uh Miller or or Nils Lundqvist right so um anyway long long story short that it's a lot of this is hindsight and there's guys who maybe look terrible this year but you could with a change of scenery maybe get a new voice in the room they you know whether that's just everyone takes a step forward and they just perform next season or they change the coach or whatever they do so it's it's kind of tough because you're you know, at, at, just because a guy is not performing doesn't necessarily mean it's not in him to perform, you know what I mean? So they have to be careful with who they cut bait with or include as a, in a trade package moving forward to, you know, to what holes they're going to fill.
1: Right. And, you know, the, I think the Rangers have, uh, they're in a good spot because I feel like sort of like the New York Jets, they have, you know, I feel like they have their decent in cap room, especially after the 13 million comes off their, books next year with the buyouts so they're gonna have they're gonna be able to spend money on a first line center they have a lot of short-term contracts like they're not married to Strom they're not married to the Tony D contract um Mika is only has another year left after this season uh Buchnevich isn't long term so the guys that you're like oh man are we gonna be able to sign all these guys like you know they're gonna be either sold now or you know, no one's really performing at a level where you're like, oh, we're gonna have to give them a huge contract. So, you know, the Rangers are really, they kind of control their own destiny. And, and I feel like they don't owe any money, you know, down the line to anybody. Like, if if Mika had a huge year, you would know you'd probably have to pencil him in for a huge contract, like, you know, maybe 8 million a year. Like, I I don't think that would have been totally outrageous. But, you know, now looking at it, you know, I don't feel like we owe him that money. And I feel like it almost frees up a little bit more cap space where you can say, you know what? Maybe we won't ride or die with Mika. Maybe, you know, we will bring in a Barkov and spend some money on him and then, you know, try to flip Mika for whatever and, and hopefully Heedle can be a number two center and, and we'll go from there. So um yeah, I, I feel like the Rangers are in a pretty good spot. And if they play it right and I think if they be a little bit conservative, they can be in a really good position in a couple years. But the You know the general makeup of this team right now is going to be totally different than you know when the Rangers ultimately and hopefully compete for you know Stanley Cup. I do have a you know another question for you, Andy. You know obviously it's it's fun to play GM and you know we have a podcast and a platform to kind of express our ideas and and you know critique the decision making that the GMs you know make. What do you do? Like, what's your plan? for Mika Zibanejad if you're the GM right now he's having a bad year obviously he had COVID that could you know play a huge part in it it could play no part in it like who knows um you know give me like the next two basically running him up to his free agency what are you looking at and how are you going to make this decision
2: well I mean I am Based on what I've seen at Mika the last few games, I think the the tippy tippy top what we've seen from, from Zabana Jad is maybe a little not I don't want to say an aberration, but I don't I don't think he's going to be a perennial thirty five, you know, uh like a a thirty five thirty five type player, you know, especially the as his ice time in the coming seasons maybe gets leveled out a little bit more and he's not getting ridden so much. That being said, I if you you have to wonder if uh, I don't want to say blessing in disguise because I don't think it's a blessing, but you know maybe this season is the something that keeps his his cap hit that next contract down because I think there was a, a part of the Rangers were like, "Well, are we really going to you know sign this guy for one C money? Well, what if all of a sudden he you can get him for expensive, maybe a little bit more expensive two C money, you know?" yeah like he's i don't you know i think people around the league are are like i don't, listen i don't i don't know if there's a, and especially after this season is there another team that's going to be willing to give him that money you know buffalo it didn't work out for them uh you know i i look at the leagues that kind of have the cap space to do that that but would also have the yeah i don't know i he strikes me as a guy who would want to stay here um I think it's conducive to his lifestyle. He likes it. He, you know, he blossomed here. I don't think he, no, I'm not saying he's like, I loves the limelight guy, but I think, you know, I think he just, he likes it, you know? So might be wishful thinking, but there's a part of me that says, well, maybe what if you did offer him a $7 million contract? You know, cause he's not, you can't pay him. I don't know how you can pay him anything more than that, you know? Right. You Well, if you gave him, if you gave him the Crider deal, you know, I mean, it's a lot of, yes, it's a lot of money, which, and obviously, you'd have more problems cause you'd have to send cap space going out. Um, you know, you imagine if, if you're signing him, obviously Strom is, is gone. Uh, right. Strom uh, gone you now. might have to explore losing an asset to maybe move a guy like a trubo with some retention or other things. And also if, you know, if you're taking like, let's say they, the Rangers are, they have their hearts in on Jack Eichel or Barkov, like, You're you're gonna have to find, you know. Eichel has a ten million dollar cap hit, and Barkoff. You're gonna probably have to. He's a little bit older, so you're still gonna have to pay him what nine or ten million dollars, right? So yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money (laughs) wrapped up in a few guys, you know. And like, yeah, Kreider's cap hit is still there, but a bunch of money does come off the books for them. You know, you were obviously. I think the worry is that they'd become a top-heavy team like the Maple Leafs, but you know, they're Toronto's killing it this year uh
1: but you're and, so reliant on on that you know those those players performing and then you know come playoff time don't you feel like teams that win you know or make a run towards the Stanley Cup are more reliant on depth than star performances
2: uh i mean yeah it's kind of both because it's like you need you need your best players need to show up but the beauty is that it's like you know i look at some of the teams i mean you have a team like tampa which is a bit of a I don't want to say an aberration, but you know, they've just were so smart about locking in their, their guys Rappi. early to affordable cap hits, but yeah, they still have some money in their books. They they were up against it and they had to ship some talent out, but they haven't missed a beat, you know? So I don't know if there's a certain, there's multiple ways to, uh, to approach it. I don't think there's one size fits all, but at the same time, yes, obviously the problem is if, you know, what, what do teams do in the playoffs? they, they do their best to shut down your star talent even more so than in the regular season. And then that's when your depth has, has, you have to get goals from everywhere from your third line has to be, you know, effective. So, you know, I, but I guess the good thing is with Kako and Lafreniere, you know, crafts uh, these kids will be on their ELC. You're hoping that there, you can get second line grade scoring from them on a third line, you know? So right. if, if the plan is really for to try to, support a run for the the upper you know the the elder rangers and not just say we're literally just gonna draft whoever we think is the best even though they might need another two years before coming over here you know kent johnson or uh whoever is you know in their whoever's in their draft range you know
1: right and you know i i think you know looking at the rangers and how they're built right now um you know with like almost i feel like you know, for a team that is, was on the cusp, you know, you look at their depth and it's just, not that it's like bad, it's just not ready yet. And you really don't know what you have. You know, I feel like we, we move up guys up and down the lineup. Like I'm looking at the line combinations for today's game against the Boston Bruins. And I think this is the right lineup. I, again, I, I get so confused on all the website and all the sources that, you know, I, I posted something on Instagram and, you know, I read that Panarin was coming back against Boston. I must have misread it, or I got duped by a fake account saying that he was going to be back. You texted me. You're like, did I miss something? Is he coming back? I checked again. He ain't coming back. So my apologies for anyone who saw that original post. I did edit it, but right. he's in. Looking- he's in today against Boston. So okay, so he is in, in today. Yes, yeah, so he's confirmed. So looking at the lines, you have the uh, you know the KZB line, right? And then they look like they have the GOAT with Strom and Panarin. And then you got Andy, I think you have your dream come true. Yeah. Capito, and Kako. So, you know, again, and then you have Lemieux, Howden, and Rooney, which I think is going to be a brutal line. But um, I don't know, man. Like I, I look at this team and I still feel like the way I did, you know, last week. with their, this team is just one big question mark because. I don't know where anybody stands right now. And, you know, it's just one of those things where time and another season needs to go by to kind of figure out what this, excuse me, this team is and, you know, what their identity will be. You know, I don't know. I, I just feel like right now I feel so lost as a Rangers fan because the, the rug was pulled out from underneath me. And, you know, now I feel like it's almost back to the drawing board and we do have some, you know, key pieces, but, I don't, I don't know where we're going with this team. Like bringing in a Barkov or bringing in an Eichel, like, I mean, it's it's nice, but like, what's our identity? Like, what are we trying to accomplish here? Do we want to be a team that's you know tough to play against? Do we want a you know a defensive identity where you know we just suffocate teams? Like, playing with energy is not an identity. Like, that's just a compliment to the system that you play. So, again, like, again, I don't know like what we are and. I don't know if Quinn is even the guy that's going to establish that identity.
2: No, I mean, look, and we've spoken before about the difference between Mr. Right and Mr. Right now. Yeah, And unfortunately, I will say this, it's like if the Rangers made a coaching change, I don't think all of a sudden they're like a markedly better team you know, maybe they might pick up a couple extra wins a season, but I don't, again, I don't know if they're but like.
1: To inter, not to interrupt you, but yeah. to interrupt you. Yeah. Because I need to state this point because I want your opinion on it. Yeah, sure. Is that, you know, say the Rangers, you know, bring in a Gallant, right? You know, they, the all the Ranger fans' dreams come true. They bring in Gallant, they fire Quinn. I, I have more confidence in Gallant working with the management and saying like, this is kind of how I want to build the team this is what i'm gonna expect out of you know x y and z players that are already here that are you know they have term here you know i want to build around panera and i want to yeah i want to see what you know caco and lafreniere have you know i really like this heat i want him slotted as my number two guy like like i feel like Gallant would be a little bit more hands-on i and kind of send this team into a direction that you know and he communicates what kind of style he wants this new york rangers team to have
2: yeah. And you know what? I honestly, when I look at this team, Rangers team on paper, kind of like what what style would suit them the best? You know, the Golden Knights. I, yes, I know DeBoer is coaching them now, but even they haven't changed too much under, you know, mm-hmm. those two, because I think the, the rightfully so. You kind of adjust to your roster. I think that's a style they could very feasibly play. They're a team that is, uh, you know. They are defense or, or you know detail oriented, but that doesn't mean they don't score goals. You know they still get production out of Pat and Stone and their guys and throughout their lineup. And I definitely think the Rangers, you know, they don't play with a crazy amount of pace because the Rangers have some fast skaters, but then they have guys like Kako and Lafreniere who their game is more about slowing things down. Right. When you look at a guy like Mark Stone who's not the most fleet of foot, but he absolutely just embarrasses teams in the neutral zone and just l- literally lays it onto them in the offensive zone because he's so big and it's so smart and he's hard to take the puck off of and he just knows where to be and he just makes, you know, and they have a ton of player like that. And then they have, you know, kids like, you know, Alex Tuck who can really surprise you with his speed and his strength because the whole team's kind of playing a, uh, just a, a very, you know, I don't want to say conservative. They're not the Islanders, but they're playing like a, you know, a very measured, Pace and then all of a sudden they can kind of bust out and I think that's honestly I don't think they're as high this team even though at times they want to be because they're youthful, they're not going to be as high flying as the as the avalanche want to play, which I get you know what I mean but i do definitely think Vegas is a good it could be a good uh barometer for the type of style they could play based on the talent they have or what they're hoping to cultivate so yeah, I think like to your point of if you bring in a gallant i I do think I would trust him at least with the vision of what this team should be. Cause you know, again, I, I think Quinn has, does, does not get enough credit maybe for some of the thing you know, some of the strides, some other players have taken like, listen, Zabanajad, Bucinavich, you know, I mean, these are guys that, that can't, you know, have figured it out over the last few seasons, especially Bucinavich didn't seem to be able to get much going on with Vigneault, who's a guy who's going to maybe lean on his older guys that he trusts more. And, Quinn was tough on him, but he's got him to be the player he is today, you know, and which is good. But but I mean, I think the point is uh, that I think if there if there's things like engagement or at least, you know, give, you know, give a shit like that's good. But I think for some of these other players where that's not an issue, uh, like like let's say someone like um, Julian Gauthier, I don't think, you know, pace and effort is ever an issue. He's big and he's fast and he tries to do the right thing. But the problem is, some of these guys need a little bit more. Their problems are more detail oriented. How do I make more time and space for myself? How do I not get so hung up here? Whereas, and I don't think Quinn is the guy to really to sh- help coach that out of them. You know what I mean? His just he's like just oh, go, you know, go fast, get it behind him, turn them, and then and guys are like, well, no, I want to like create some space for myself, make it a little bit easier for myself, where I feel like a guy like Gallant can say that. It's like if we have, you know, if they're, you know, if they're locked on the on this boards. You come here like this is this this is the spot where you need to make your decision. What are you going to do? And like here are like some options you have. You know what I mean? Like that type of stuff. Big picture system stuff that will ultimately make them feel more confident and know what their options are. And yeah, it helps slows the game down for them. And I don't think Quinn is the guy for that. So,
1: Because not
2: all players have the same problems.
1: And and you can't you know I I can't deny the fact that you know David Quinn has come here and players have had success. I mean even Panarin had a career year uh, last year. Mika Zibanejad had a career year last year. Um, Chris Kreider does, you know, what he always does. Ryan Strom, his, you know, his best years have been, you know, as a New York Ranger. And, you know, you you look, you know, up and down the lineup and, you know, individual success has been there. And that's great. But like you said, too, you know, there needs to be a direction in which this team heads in. And I don't know if Quinn is the X's and O's guy. And I, I think he needs to figure that also out for himself. You know, don't forget, I mean, this guy has never, you know, been a head coach in the NHL before and he's, you know, he's figuring out his coaching, you know, identity. And, you know, what kind of team is he gonna have success with uh, you know, long term. So his next job, and I'm sure he'll get a an assistant coaching job or something um after he's done with the Rangers, but you know, he, he also needs to learn and grow as a, a coach in the NHL because if he wants to have a future here, he can't just be an effort guy, you know you know trots has you know he, when he went to the islanders he completely transformed that team you know he he implemented a system that he knew would work given his talent uh, given the ability to attract uh, players off the free market and you know it it, it works and yep. and you see what happens when the players buy in you get the right players and you know you get add some decent goaltending a very good tandem that the islanders have and mm-hmm it's amazing and that they sit at first place in the mass mutual division and
2: and listen he was really hard on uh on um jesus (laughs) why why uh matthew barzell jesus i don't know sorry just had my coffee he was hard on barzell his you know his few seasons here and i think the one complaint i was hearing from some islander fans friends is that it's like this system is suffocating barzell's offense and he makes a mistake and he gets benched and sat And yeah, they were kind of worried that his system would kind of, you know, because Barzell's a guy, so creative and he's such a good skater. And, you know, the sky's the limit, potential wise, when you can skate like that and and make plays at high speeds. But the problem is, it's just one of those things where it just wasn't clicking. And, but, you know, Barry was hard on him, but, you know, obviously believed in him and his coach. And now this season, it looks like the light switch finally went off and he's been amazing for them. How to play, you know, attend to all of your duties. But at the same time, you know, then create offense out of that that's suffocating defense, you know, that you've created for yourself. You know what I mean? And it's tough, but he stuck with it. And now he looks like a much better player for it. And, you know,
1: well, look what he did in Washington, Trotz. You know, he transformed that team and he got Ovi to play defense for one season.
2: I mean, he's back to not playing defense, but he he got him when it wouldn't mattered most.
1: And when and, and they buy in and the players believe in the system and, and they find that, you know, the team success is, is, you know, worth more than the individual success sometimes. And, you know, you, you get a Stanley Cup run and, you know, Washington was fortunate enough to, you know, get the job done and actually win, you know, win the Stanley Cup. And again, it's just like, you know, as a Rangers fan, you know, you got to look at you got, you got to look at the big picture here. Are we trending in a direction that you think you're going to end up with a Stanley Cup or a run to the Stanley Cup Finals within the next five years? Given the amount of youth talent that you have, given you know uh, you know players like Panarin and Ryder that you signed long term, Truva, you know, is the trend line going in that direction? And I, I don't I don't think it is. And I think the pivotal point will be this summer. When the rangers make decisions on you know how they're going to approach players like mika zibanejad uh, pavel Buchnevich, uh hedel uh and how they address the the 1c situation
0: what's up everybody it's Jeremy from the hockey podcast network's newest show the windy city benners podcast my co-host Tanner and i bring our unique takes on blackhawks hockey us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy for he's the right coach for the situation Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would've had the Blues in our division this year because we are trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Who's welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letterkenny.
1: The show started out with uh, basically uh, a beer league hockey team.
0: And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts.
1: I think this season, Andy, is the, the beginning of, you know, we've had the rebuild, right? And this summer will be part of that rebuild, but starting next season when the puck drops, that's the beginning of the chart, you know, and it, it needs the trend upwards. And from there, we can't have, you know, any setback. We can't have players having down years. We can't have another Mika's the Benajad. We can't afford, panarin to have an off year where he only has you know 55 points like we need our stars to be stars we need our kids to get better and grow and become leaders on this team and you know we we need to figure out the goaltending situation because i wanted to get into that also um but you know the, the trend line needs to start going up after next season this season's a wash. covid uh you know just everything that you know you couldn't even draw this season up if you wanted to. The whole starting with the Tony situation all the way to the Panarin and Putin situation. It's just like, what the hell is going on? So forget this season. It starts next year. And there's going to be a lot of questions that need to be answered.
2: Yeah. And you know what? I mean, now that Panarin's back, we'll see what they can do. They're pretty much at full strength. Uh, I mean, you know, that's minus a guy like maybe bateto not being healthy. but. Yeah, you do wonder if Mika's looking better, and now you finally, like you said, if they're going to roll the kid line going forward and have Stroman Panarin just at least lock together again for the rest of the season. You get KZB back, and Zibanejad's performed better, and Bucinevich has been hot and cold, and, you know, Kreider is invisible, then dominant, then invisible again. Hopefully he gets a dominant stretch soon, you know, so... Yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see how they finish. They're and they're listen. They're in the hardest division in the league with the, with the re, even with the redraw. You know, divisions. They yeah. they're honestly outside of Buffalo and New Jersey. And yeah, I guess you could put the Rangers in that slot. Although, like I said, for the Rangers, I think it's more of an issue about that they have maybe the potent, They have some of the horses, but if they're not all, <laughs> you know, if they're not all galloping full speed ahead, then they're not. They can't be competitive. You know what I mean? That's kind of just where they're at unfortunately with the state of their bottom six and uh or where you know how with their age and also with um yeah and just with the you know some of the fill ins they have on this team. Like guys like Howden and Lemieux were at this point were like, okay, like, you know, um you, 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 there are better options out there. And also, yeah, and also their D, like you said, um they've been Yeah, they haven't found outside of, you know, the the Miller, Trubo's is coming back from, you know, they don't know that that bottom pairing really is going to be yet. It's because uh, it's between Smith and Batetto and Johnson and Hayek. It's just kind of been revolving and mixing and matching. You know, we don't know towards the tail end of the season. Tarmo Reuninen, will he get some NHL games? Uh, Kraft's off season is officially over in the KHL. He will be coming over, but we probably won't see him till the end of the month just based on, you know, the time it's going to take him to get over here and do his quarantine and yeah, get a practice and maybe, but apparently it is a priority to get him some games towards the tail end of the season. So, yeah, um, so yeah, it's just I think it's you know we're gonna see if things really start to slip out. It's you're gonna see the full on. Well, a I, I you know someone will get traded, at the deadline, for something. I if if they're still continue to be like out of it, out of it, and. B, I think we'll finally see more uh, experimentation by Quinn and co and just, you know, on the mandate from up ahead because they, again, they have to start seeing what they have or showcasing what they have to trade to other teams. And, you know, Eichel, it's announced he's going to be out, uh, the speculation is eight weeks with a, with like a, a like a spinal injury or something, you know, tweaked, okay. tweaked neck, you know, and that's the thing. This Eichel's always hurt, man. Like, you know, the more I think about it, I'm it, like, do we, you know, is it worth, is that worth it to? to go after him, a guy who's always hurt, you know, it's, I don't know. It's a, you know, this
1: injury isn't a broken heart. So. Well,
2: that's the, th- I was going to say like, this could be a real save face thing. I have no idea. You yeah. know, you don't, you don't really know you, 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 I, it was clear he was injured, but you don't know what extent of it is the injury and what extent of it is the, cause you know, guys play through crazy stuff, you know? Right. See, and, but yeah. he, besides being hurt, I just think, it could just be the combination of hurt and that team stinking again without him at being playing out of his mind was just enough for him to be like, why, why even bother? Like, I'm hurt. I'm going to hurt myself, my career earnings, my future more just because, you know, they can't. No one seems to give a shit around me.
1: Right. But yeah,
2: listen, you know, I... It's right. it's still, it's the cap hit and all that other stuff. It's like, I don't, you know, he's definitely not a band-aid. I don't, you know, he, you the Rangers have to really think long and hard about what they'd give up and if he's the choice, especially if you, you know, you have their feelers that Barkov isn't going to want to stay in Florida and wants to change his scenery. I mean, yeah, I don't, you know, I, uh, I can't imagine a, a Panarin Barkov Kako top line and then you have Lafreniere with... You know, I don't know if that depending if Zabanjo's still there or, you know, then with uh, uh, Panarin and Hedl and, or excuse me, with Lafreniere and Hedl and, you know, someone else on the right wing, crafts off top six, you know, in, in three or four years or something like that, you know? So, yeah, it, it, a lot depends, but it, it's going to be interesting because I think it's definitely the worse this team is, the more interesting it'll be trade deadline and then leading into the summer because I think... If they were somewhat competitive and just missed, I don't. I think they'd be a little bit more content to stand pat. But I think if they, the longer this goes on, I think they're clear that they need to make some make they need some DNA changes. You know.
1: All right. So I got a question for you. Sure. Since, since you are basically saying the Rangers are out of it, and you know they're going to be trading pieces, I want you to give me three possible forwards that they trade, and and what you think they could get back for for them then I want you to give me a defenseman and then obviously goaltending Georgie, you know, let's, let's kind of like talk about him a little bit, but 1st yeah. let's go with the forwards. Give me three forwards that you think the Rangers um, right now, if they mm. had a decent offer would, you know, pack their bags. Uh
2: Strom is definitely a guy I think they would be willing to move. Um, you know, I, Strom is a guy you depend, like I said, if they're, if they're looking for NHL level talent, you know, you could look at a team, they might get a promising, you know, I don't know. It depends on the team, obviously, but it, let's say a team is a contender's looking for more center depth, you know, yep. or a guy who can play either on the wing or at center, depending on if they have an injury. So Strom could be good for that, right? So, you know, and I, they could definitely target a, maybe a, I don't want to say a lesser prospect but just a maybe a, a middle to bottom 6 prospect, right? Um so yeah, let's see. Um yeah, I don't know. It's like I wonder if a, a kid like Peyton Krebs is someone that um the Rangers have expressed interest before. Um you know, he's, you know, Vegas is their their division isn't super tough, so they can, you know, they can definitely make it to a, the cup final. Uh, you do wonder. Um, yeah, it's, so I do wonder if a guy like Strom could be worth it to them. I don't know if the Rangers would have to add because if with Panera missing time this year, it's like Strome's numbers are good, but they're not, you know, outstanding. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the Rangers maintain that they would love to have a, like a very hard to play against physical, at least, you know, strong defensively, uh, center because they, def- they definitely need some stabilization down the middle. Like they need a stout center who's when he's on the ice, things aren't, you know, he can be in control of things. So, yeah, I do war- wonder about, you know, a kid like Peyton Krebs. Um, I'm trying to think if Buchnevich, I, mean, I mean, you know, that's a, I think you, c- you could probably get a first for Buchnevich. Uh, I don't know what his perception is around the league. He's a guy where it's like his underlying numbers are always so good. And depending on his season, it's like he's leading the Rangers in points right now with Panera being out. So you could maybe get a made a, a mid to late first for Bucinevich. Uh again, I'm trying to think of a young player that they you know, if you're training Bucinevich, I think you want to get an asset that's worth your while at least. I don't think you wanna to overpay too much on Bucinevich for a guy who really only pans out as like a bottom six center. You know what I'm saying? So right. Yeah, I don't know. He, I don't know if Buchnevich is a guy where it makes more sense just to take the first and hope that he's you draft someone who can contribute in, uh, you know, two two seasons. But you know, the Rangers have been lucky in that some of the, most of the kids they've drafted have, or not most, but you know, you know, you get Kako and Lafreniere back to back who step in immediately, uh, and now a lot of their you're going to have at least next season and the end of this season between. You know, Kraftsaw. you know, Miller steps in a year earlier than anticipated. Krafts is finally, should hopefully finally be ready. And then Nils Lundqvist. And yeah, they're going to have some guys that are all of a sudden, you're going to have a lot of more young guys knocking on the door just because they weren't ready immediately. But, you know, it was nice. We had the younger, the, the you know, our top tier early first rounder step in almost immediately. So, sorry, I'm just I'm like trying to do all these trade uh, projections <laughs> in my head. But um, yeah, I mean... <sighs> Did you say you also wanted a defenseman who I didn't yeah, think was Yeah, a def-
1: yeah. Yeah, defenseman. Well, well,
2: I do I do think at some there there's behind closed doors I think they regret the Truba deal. I think it was one of those things where at the time it was the best thing that was out there and it you was. saw how he he acquitted himself. And who knows, with a change of scenery maybe or not scenery, but with like a different coach, I could see Truba being a guy where it's like he's back to that oh, like
1: Well, I'll you know. say this once and I'll say it again. And we we haven't really seen it yet. But I can see Truba being playoff Truba.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, you're like,
1: where is this guy all the season long? And then in the in the playoff, he's physical. He can muck it up. He, I feel like he almost like blossoms when the game gets a little bit more. Yeah. Well, we yeah,
2: great. we've said that Truba's yep. a guy that like when the other team is is like leaning on him and pushing him, he's really good. But when he's just one of those games where it's just kind of he's on his heels a bit and he's not engaged, he's he's awful and his decision making is suspect. It's just weird that it takes the other team just to kind of like really pursue him and be heavy on him and give him forearm shivers for him to all of a sudden wake up and he's like burying guys in the corner and then taking the puck and skating it out himself and joining the rush. But it takes, you know, it, you know, it's great that he's a playoff performer, but it just really hurts to get, you have to get in, you know what I mean? Or else it's not going to be a good season for him. And then you, you see that guy in the postseason where he's just burying guys and really making their lives miserable in the corners and in front of the net because the refs are going to swallow their whistles. Like, and he's been saving it. He's dumping the tanks. Like, then it's worth it. You know what I mean? But until then, you watch the guy get paid $8 million to let Miller do most of the legwork and make his rookie mistakes. And then he does just can't help recover for him. It's it's tough. Yeah. You know? But saying that, I mean, look, uh, the Rangers have kids like Zach Jones. They have Tarmorian. And I don't want them to trade Nils Longfist just because I know how talented this kid is. He sole possession of the record for points by a. Uh, you know, a teenage defenseman in, in this SHL history, right. Or under 21, I believe I, uh, you, I would, I just need to see what he looks like on the ice. Cause if he can be yet another Adam Fox type word, despite his size and this, you know, being a little bit more slight, but he's just so smart and he defends well and he's got a cannon from the point too. So that could add just such a, if you had him on power play two, that could, or even power play one, that could add such a deadly dimension. He just has a knack hitting the net you know at the right spot and he has that kind of half clapper that he doesn't really need time to get off so you don't even know it's coming he's not like a guy where his suban who's where his stick is straight up to the rafters where you're like all right he's about to nail it on goal he just kind of can skate and then just quick slapper you know
1: yeah no and and you know i just feel like i see highlights of this kid every you know every week there's like another blockbuster uh uh highlight clip of him you know, doing something ridiculous, you know, picking off the, I think the last one, him reading the play so well in the D zone, and was able to pick up the puck and then take it the other way and, and, and finish for a nice, very nice goal. Um, Yeah. And, and you see the same thing off of, with Krafts too. And obviously him coming over um, is going to be huge. I think just for fan morale and kind of like the start of us bringing our kids up and, and seeing what we got from all these first-round picks that that we have. Um, Andy, you know, obviously the Rangers, um, you know, the goaltending issue its not really an issue right now. It's more of hopefully just a hiccup. Georgie, yanked back-to-back games, uh, did not look very good on some of those shots. Uh, I know you've had the theory that Georgie's best hockey is when he's, almost his backs against the wall competing for starts and now that he's kind of leaned on and, and those starts are almost a given he, he kind of turned into a pumpkin here right what do you have to say about you know georgie going forward as a new york ranger and just you know his you know his play as a recent? yeah
2: i mean those are you know those are he just doesn't look confident i'm not the goaltender guy, so you can't ask me. I don't. It's not like, oh, you know, he he's going to his V, his you know, VH too early, and all this other things. I can't tell you that. But, um, he is, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, he's It's you could tell. It's like he's hope. You could see he's hoping pucks hit him. He's not confident. Where, you know, you see a guy like Kincaid, who maybe isn't the most explosive guy, but he's so big, just go down early, and he's not even moving, not second guessing and He's like, it's either hitting me or it's going in the net, whatever. Let's do this, and, he, and you know, and he's making saves. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think you It's clear. Like I said, I've always suspected that Jurcik is a guy where, and I think where it came to, there was some talk. Well, oh, maybe you know they can do the one two. I do think Jurcik is best when the not. I don't want to say the pressure's off, but it's like where it's he's kind of has to push for for starts to show them because when it's like, all right, Igor's out, so you're kind of the guy now. Until he's back in, it's kind of like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, I have to perform, you know, as opposed to that pressure of like, you know, I'm going to have a good showing here so I can show them I can get, you know, it's a little different mindset. It's not as, you know, it's it's like not careful what you wish for, but at the same time, it's like sometimes it's just, yeah, it's weird, hard to adapt to that. They they always talk about the mental aspect of being a starter, even if it's like a, with an asterisk or in, interim with Shisterkin being hurt. And yeah, I just think he just, you know, it, it one bet, and we've seen this from him before because he's either he's a guy who, for the most part, it seems like he doesn't really have a stretch of steady games. He'll have stretches where it's like he's, you know, pretty dominant, you know, like we saw him against the Islanders early in the season and Toronto last year, where it's just like, man, he's just he, nothing's going to get by him. He's just good. But you see, then he also has his tough stretches where it's just, you know. And I think Shusterkin is a little bit more, you know, thank God he's a little bit more steady. He's a guy who just kind of was early on, needed to get back into the groove of it and slowly but surely he kind of rose up in terms of his uh, save percentage and, you know, goals saved uh, above average or against average, excuse me. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's the kind of the mindset you need your starter to have. So I mean, Igor's practicing. It's a, still a day-to-day thing. They're monitoring it. You know, it's lingering a little bit longer where he said he felt good one day, and then it kind of resurfaced a little bit. So they're obviously not going to push him, which is good, you know. And again, the way the season's going, like, why do long-term damage trying to get Igor starts in a season that's most likely going to be lost anyway? Uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as Georgiev goes, I, you do wonder, you know, if he had a, good, a somewhat good year, is it... He might have been a good trade chip. Goldies have kind of depreciate, uh, depreciated uh, value anyway. So this doesn't help. You know what I mean?
1: See, I don't think he would have gotten much. I know a lot of people, you know, are, were harping on him getting traded. and, and Yeah, know, he would have been traded if, speed, if, if, he, if there, if the,
2: uh, there was a, a good offer out there. But the fact that there wasn't kind of just shows me that he was but always going to be, be like the filler. He was going to be the throw-in. It's like, all right, Stroman and Georgiev for whatever Toronto maybe at the time or what, you know what I'm saying.
1: Right, but like who like you're not gonna get like a second round pick for Georgie, like no, and they, they know the Rangers you know if the Rangers are moving him, they obviously don't have a use for him, so they might as well like not you know they're not gonna give you everything to get him i don't I don't think there's a lot of teams out there that'd be looking at at georgie, you know well here and here's the
2: thing that's for people to think about Georgiev's yes, he's a, i think he's a year younger than schsterkin, right, yeah, but um, this is really his first bad stretch of hockey like bad like he's clearly his confidence is shot but honestly until this point the last two seasons like for the most part he's been good yeah he's had some bad performances but he's come back and he's had some good performances you know
1: so my my point is like I I don't know how much goalies even like the fact like I don't I feel like there's no there's no good time to trade a goalie no you know because it's just it it's not a position where you know you're adding depth at the end of the day. I think when you're trying to bring in a goalie, you know, the, the the teams that are competing for Stanley cups, you should, you know, obviously the, you know, the avalanche last year could have probably used them, but you know, that was more from injuries happening, but you know, the goalies that are on these teams that are competing, you know, they have that, you know, they know what they're going with. They have that, you know, you know, one, two punch usually. So if you're trading for a goalie, you're probably not in a winning position right now, and you're looking to add depth and, and, you know, take a chance on, you know, I don't know, a change of scenery for a goalie because, you know, if Georgie was crushing it, why would you trade him? You know, it's just a odd position. And I, I don't really know what you get for him, but even at his peak, you know, I, I think you're looking at a third or fourth round draft pick at the moment.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing. He can rebound and maybe he can acquit himself nicely as Igor's backup uh, once the ship gets righted and maybe in a, they're playing better as a team. You know what I mean? Because yep. we've seen... Yeah, we've seen that kuriev can be a good goaltender. Uh, And he's... Yeah, he's young still. He's a, his contract isn't outrageous. Or, yeah. you know... And I assume whatever he gets next, I think it's... You can sign him for a, a, you know, pretty good... I don't know if he's blocking anyone yet. I don't know how close, you know, Tyler Wall or Adam Husker or any of these people are, are you know, to knocking on the door. Uh, I do think the Rangers are... need a... Uh, I would, like... They they need to find a guy in the system, hopefully, you know, soon, sooner rather than later, who has the potential to to get there. You know, I don't know if that means they, they have they have to draft Yes, for Wallstead. But. Um, yeah, because it just kind of goes to show you don't know if you're you know, this is going to be this is technically Shesterkin's first full season. Right. And he's already. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, he, he, the car, the car accident doesn't count against him. That's a freak injury. That wasn't him. Uh, but yeah, he you know he tweaks his groin. You don't know if that's going to be an issue for him moving forward. You look at a guy like Carey Price, who's at his age and all of his injuries. He's just not what he was, you know. And everyone's like he's the problem, even though his his uh you know his legend has always kind of outpaced his actual performance. You know what I mean? And I you know and I, yes, it goes without saying. Rangers fans have been so spoiled with Lundquist that they just didn't have to you know even in the in the as things were winding down he would still give good performances overall but then it's just like the wheels would fall off in front of him and then he just couldn't bail him out you know so um but yeah listen i think you know with igor back i still think yuryev can be a serviceable uh backup and again i think that's where he fla- uh, flourishes the most i don't know if he has a sight set higher where he's going to like Say I want to see if I you know I can get a starting spot some year somewhere else, but as it stands right now, I think based on how he's he's performed this season, it's not going to help his co- you know his cause or his case. So, and he like I said, he's younger than Shisterk, And so maybe he's he's just like he can get it back on track. And because again, you know uh, the goals he was giving up were were absolutely ludicrous, but at the same, definitely had to be saved, and they were just based more on a lack of confidence it wasn't a mechanical error that just you know because listen goaltenders make errors and they, they mess up it happens but you know when it when you're in a stretch like that where you're just not sharp and you're not confident and you're not being big when you have to be you know and you just not make you can't make any of the saves they need you to make then that's a problem the problem but,
1: is that he's having this stretch when there's no igor which there's you know it's amplified at that point
2: exactly because it's just like you know it it, to him it feels like i'm pissing my chance away basically and it compounds and that's you know it's a shame i feel for him but at the same time you know carter hart has had a had a i don't know how he's played recently but he's had a real rough stretch early this season does that mean carter hart sucks or is he's done it's like no he's 20 what 21 years old 22 if that so it just yeah it's goaltending is always voodoo Unless you're Henrik Lundquist and you're like a a nine twenty above a nine twenty guy for a decade, which is ridiculous. You know what I mean? So um but yeah, listen, they happen. I think, you know, you just have to hope that Benoit Lair is in his ear. Maybe Lunquist gives him a call and says, you know, hey, don't worry about it. Like, you know, it's easy to get caught up on this, but you know, you have to be focused on the result first and then, you know, put that you have to put that before your own personal feelings. You know, you're doing it for the team. Whatever, whatever you have to say to the guy, you know,
1: right? Um, you know, all right. So, God, you know, I it's tough because you can't really talk about the game tonight, uh, today at one p.m. Uh, on Saturday. But you know, assuming that the Rangers lose, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you know, looking at their schedule, not easy. Obviously, playing in the toughest division in hockey. You know. We talk about expectations, right? And we talk about individual success, you know, in, in seasons like this and, and what do you want to see out of, you know, especially the younger players growing and stuff like that. What do you want to see from the guys that you kind of named as possible, you know, question marks with, you know, the future with the Rangers, you know, the Buchneviches, you know, the uh, uh you know, uh, Strom's, like, w- what do you want out of those guys, you know, the rest of the year? like? what's your expectations, you know, for guys that, you know, they don't have term contracts with the New York Rangers. So, you know, it's tough to say, well, I expect them to play for their next contract, but like, you know, with, with the unique situation that we have right now, it's like, you know, what do you want to see from them?
2: Well, you know, I'll start with Strom. I really can't ask more out of Strom without Panarin. He's been one of the Rangers best players, definitely their most consistent, you know, So, and he, listen, he performed when he got here for the half season before Panarin too. So he, despite what you might think about him and that, he might eventually end up overpaid and all this and whether his future is with this team or not, you can't really argue that he was one of the guys who was trying to pull the rope in the right direction every game. And, you know, he, maybe he was good, flat out good. Some games and some games he was just okay, or just like everyone else, but he was never a game where he was the problem. You know what I mean? He didn't have a game where you're like, what is Kreider doing? Or what is Zibanejad doing? Or, you know, what is Bucinevich looks awful this game? You know, Uh, I think Bucinevich has still looked good. And has. I like the fact that this season, he's trying to really stretch things more himself as the solo option. You know what I mean? So he's really stretching his limits right now. So, you know, I just want to see him continue to do that. Like I said, he's leading the team in points, so you can't really ask too much more out of him. I guess it's one of those things where it's like, I feel bad because there's been a, there's so much line mixing. It's, it has been hard to get chemistry. But at the same time, it's like, I think from this, you can, I think Buchnevich is figuring out how to play a little bit more self contained system like Panarin, where you just put them wherever. And because he, you know, you're the conductor when you have the puck. So it doesn't matter who you put with me. Like I'm kind of in control. You know what I mean? Where I think a lot of players, lesser players, even really good ones like Buchnevich, at times it's like you switch their line mates up and like, all right, am I, how am I changing? Am I going here now? Are we playing on the boards more? Am I trying to get, find open ice? They overthink it a little bit, you know? So I, from him, I would like to see just a little bit more confidence with the puck on his stick. Yeah. And even if you're, no matter who you're with, let the other, if you have the puck, you let them, your teammate, you have the puck, let your, your line mates find the open ice. You know what I mean? Don't worry so much about give and go and this and that just, and I see that more. He's rushing the puck more. He's trying to gain the zone more. He's trying to curl back at it to the point more. So that's good. Um and finally as a manager, he has looked better. You know, that goal off the rush was huge. And his I think his two best performances this year were against Boston so far. So hopefully he's finally getting traction in the right direction. You know what I mean? I don't know for sure. Uh, but he actually at least looks fast again. And I was just waiting for that, you know. So it looks like maybe the the, the, the COVID fog or the just the, the the, you know, the whatever that strain is that he just affects your wind or whatever. He just looks fleet of foot again. So Hopefully that's the first point. He still can't hit the net with that one timer. He he looks like he's confident because like where it's like he he almost knew it was going in because he had the confidence last season. He doesn't have it this year. But yeah, take more shots on net. Like take more clap for, I don't care if you if you do keep blasting it wide. Just keep keep firing it, you know? Like just put pucks on net. So and that's what I want to see out of him. I want to see him now that he's at he's got some pace to his game again. Then yeah, even if it's a low percentage shot, you just need to get comfortable getting it on net.
1: Right. Um. All right. So, listen, I agree with you. You know, it it just you know for me, I always you know I, I want answers now. I'm kind of like a selfish millennial. You know, I expect changes now, and, and I want them to happen fast. And um, you know, it, it it's just you know, I, if they bring in a huge center, you know, in a one C like Eichel or Barkov, I want to I want them to do it now. You know, I want the Team to call up the young guys now. I want to see what they have right now, um but obviously it's a process, and we're most likely going to have to wait till the off season for any huge moves to be made. And and unless they, you know, decide to pull the trigger on the one C, I think that will be the one move that, if the timing is there, if it's the the players are there, if you know if everything lines up perfectly, it could happen. But other than that, I don't think any real big other changes will happen until after the offseason so i'm gonna you know kind of have you wrap up the uh the, the podcast here with you did really well when you gave an expectation of the results for the next few ga- few games in the future so the rangers obviously are playing right now for about an hour the puck drops against the boston bruins mm-hmm. and then on monday they have the philadelphia flyers and and wednesday so the next podcast will drop thursday we have three games here Mm, okay. What are your expectations? Uh, what do you think you, what do you want out of these next three games?
2: Uh, based on where the Rangers are at right now, I would like three points out of these next three games. I know that's setting the bar a little low. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that being said, I think they can, I, you know, I think the, the Bruins have absolutely throttled the Rangers this season, but you know, they did have a, we forget, they did kind of light them up for was it six, five or six goals the other, a uh, mm-hmm. few weeks ago. Right. Okay. Uh, DeBrusk's out with COVID, uh, Panarin's back. I don't know. Maybe, you know, maybe it's, they can actually get it. Uh, and yeah, I don't, I haven't seen how the Flyers have been performing recently. Uh, let's look at their, their current record. So loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, win, 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 loss. Uh, so yeah, they're up and down the Flyers. Um, so yeah, I, my hope is they, you know, obviously I think my hope, like my top tier hope is they split with the Flyers. Uh, and then they win today because they need a win <laughs> or the Bruins to just feel good about themselves, especially with Panarin coming back. Um, but yeah, I think my headspace is really more about these. Like if you're going to let's just keep some semblance of stability, even if it's not working, because you can't just change everything up every game. You know, your season. like now it's more about developing chemistry than it is finding offense or, or I mean, just kind of jolting offense out of your lineup. Like, I understand there's coaching to win, but at the same time, at this point, it's like, you know, I think if you keep doing that, it's going to be hard for anyone to get on the same page. So KZB's back, good. You know, that's great. You're going to finally have, I have my kid line, leave them. You know, let them just figure it out together. I kind of like that because I think sometimes they're all a little too deferential when you put them with, but they look over and it's Lafreniere and Kako. It's like, I think they will read off each other a little bit more attentively and be a little bit more on it as opposed to like, I'm going to like the, the vets are doing this. So I'm going to fill in here or I'm going to go here. You know what I mean? And I think Heedle's the perfect guy because he's more of a, you have two smart skilled guys like Capo and and Lafreniere and Heedle's just like, you know, I'm just going to use my speed getting quick board battles because that's the thing that they need to work on. They need to work on being stout on the walls and coming out and then developing their own time and space. So yeah, you know, training wheels are off. But at the same time, if they're doing that against third line competition, I think that's a good atmosphere for them. So yeah, give them time. Even if it hurts you, the fact that you're not riding your top six, I saw someone online was like, you know, Quinn just needs to shorten the bench. I'm like, no, no, he doesn't actually, because I I want the Rangers to win, but I don't want it to come at the, the expense of not getting reps for these guys. You know what I mean? If this is what it is at this point, and they're just, while you're kind of trying to get some ice time and some development time for the kids and it, if that's what it is, so be it, you know, whether you have to even out your ice time and lessen Panarin's ice time and Zimaj's ice time. Yeah, it's, it, it is what it is. And maybe it, it might cost you uh, some points here and there, but I don't care. I want this team is a win shit this year. So, you know, I don't know who thinks that, but that they're going to have some miraculous turnaround, but you know, let's, let's get some semblance of chemistry between our core, right? Figure out how to play each other, figure out how to play in the national hockey league and how to be, have, be successful. And If that leads to more hiccups, that's fine. I'm, fu- I'm, f- I'm fully in the have as many hiccups. Miller has as many turnovers and trying to do cool stuff as, as he wants type mode, if that makes any sense. So let's hope they win today and hopefully they split against the Flyers. Uh, I'm, I only want three, out of th- three points out of three games. So if they disappoint me, uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to our next podcast. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast.